can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Join the Council for the Model Aquatic Health Code, a.k.a. CMAC. CMAC is a member-driven organization that keeps the Model Aquatic Health Code sustainable, current, and complete. Your expertise is needed. Learn more at CMAC.org. That's C-M-A-H-C.org. Hey, what's the weather out there by you, like, right now? So I am not Southern California. I'm Northern California, so... We did not have any, you know, torrential rains, flooding, trees fall, tornadoes hurt. We didn't, I didn't feel the earthquake. Um, we've been pretty good. Like we had some, we had a little bit of wind and some clouds and a little bit of rain, but nothing big. Today was like in the 90s. So. 90s. Yeah. Is it humid? It, the last couple of days had been humid. Yeah. Uh, I think from the storm, but nothing too bad. My baby shower, when I had that, when I was pregnant with Max, oh, my God, the humidity was horrible. <laughs> like, I couldn't breathe. It was so bad. Yeah. This this weather this week, we we finally, here we are, the uh, end of August, and we finally have summer in Chicago. Um, today, it was, had to be probably 102, and okay. humid as hell. Um, it was... 95 yesterday tomorrow's supposed to be hotter than today Ooh. it's just horrible horrible out there and uh and we we monday mornings we have a meeting with our whole staff and monday was sunday was hot monday was pretty reasonable it was like 85 maybe 87 it, it wasn't too bad but then tuesday it was coming back and of course today and so on so Monday, I'm like, hey, you guys, we're going to try and cut things back to try to get you all out and back before, you know, so you're not 15, 17 hours in the heat. Yeah. Um, we added a, uh, this year, we added a, we put a freezer in our our warehouse, the staging area for all the service techs and filled it with Gatorade. So, the you know, like grab couple of frozen bottles of Gatorade and throw them in your in your truck with you in your cooler or whatever and yeah and, uh, just do whatever you can to try to keep yourself that you're not gonna end up sick before the week is out you know yeah you know so far so it's only today is uh I know everyone's gonna be listening to this on Tuesday but today is Wednesday and uh, halfway through the week we're we're holding our own so fingers crossed we get through tomorrow and then i think friday's supposed to give us a little bit of relief again so but tomorrow's supposed to be the hottest of of the week probably be 104 by the time we hit the high so we'll we'll have to see but uh yeah when it's that hot i try to be done by like noon yeah it's you know and and i i always tell them 
Um, official starting time is seven o'clock, but our building is often open six, six fifteen, and especially when when everyone gets back at a reasonable hour, they can get everything ready for the next day where they don't even need to be. Well, you know, I'm like, yeah. hey, you guys want to start six o'clock in the morning? Go for it and and get your day going so you can be back by two instead of you know seven until four or whatever. So I'll be honest some with of them you. Do. I may tell myself I'll get out of the house at seven. Why lie? <laughs> there, I try. I think the best I I've done is left the house at eight thirty. Yeah. Yeah. I just it, it is what it is, you know. And I'm talking about the days I don't have the kids, because obviously the days yeah. I don't have the kids is when I should be able to leave sooner. <laughs> And the days I do have the kids, I can't start work until 10. Yeah. And I have to be pick them up by what Max gets out of school at 320. So I have to leave wherever I'm at like two. So Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesdays, I work four hours. Yeah. So all of you people who say that you can't make a living working, what, 20, 30 hours a week, I do it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you've got that niche. You've got that uh, that special place that allows you to to do that, and and you're good at what you do. So. So you know how I said possible. hell would have to freeze over before I clean a pool again. Uh oh. As a route. Has it happened? I have one pool. Oh no. They begged me to take care of their pool. So one of my builders built the pool. I did the startup, and then they were like, "Hey, we're leaving town for a month. Can you take care of the pool?" Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it for one month. That that's fine." I sometimes do that for some of my plaster companies too. Well, two weeks in, are you sure you can't take care of it? We really are happy with service. The pools never look so good. Sorry, you know, I don't do it. You know, you are kind of far because they're about thirty minutes from my house. Gave him a couple recommendations two weeks later. Are you sure you can't do it? Like, you really like it. My husband says the pools never look so good. We'll pay you $500 a month. Okay. And I charged him for that first month $240. They're like, we'll pay the extra money for the travel, which isn't that bad when you look at my area. Yeah. Like, no, I'm sorry. Okay, if you change your mind, let us know. Can you do an orientation with my husband and kind of show him like what he needs to do to take care of it? Because we decided to take care of it ourselves because we can't find anybody. Hmm. Okay, no problem. Scheduled it, went there on Monday, showed him everything. Two hours later. So my husband said after talking with you, he really would like you to take care of the pool and we'll pay you the amount that we discussed, a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago. So I, he's like, you know, we're going into winter. Maybe that would be good, especially, you know, because December's slow when it rains. I can't really do startups. You know, if anything, that's extra Christmas money. So talking with a couple of my friends, it's just one pool. And it's $500 a month, and it takes me 10 to 15 minutes to do their pool. Sure. Good for you. So I said yes. Yeah. That's. But you know what? You can you can pick those, and when, when they happen to come through, and then you do it, and you do it at a high level, and they're going to love you forever. And 
you know, they, maybe they'll end up talking to the neighbor who will also want to pay you 500 bucks to take care of their pool. And <laughs> who knows, maybe, maybe you'll be back in the route business, but you'll be rolling in it and you'll, you'll imagine how easy your day would be if you spent four hours a day just doing a route and made more money than you're making now having to go out and fix <laughs> then all it might stuff be worth and, it because then if you think about it just get these pools that my builders build yeah they're brand new they're easy you know yeah, easy right you could take those the first five years you don't have to do anything it's easy 10 15 minutes every stop right no yeah. problem so when they get to be six seven years old then you start pawning them off sell them <laughs> <laughs> hey i went to a pool today uh my Hayward rep asked me to go. I think I told you earlier. And it, it's in one of the remote areas where I unfortunately do hear that there's really not that great of service providers. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they always say that the equipment that was recently put in is the problem. Sure. So he's like, can you just go out there and make sure everything's working right? Test the water, you know, just, you know, they say the cleaner's floating and that the pump's surging and like, okay. So I go out there first. I'm like, okay, how am I getting paid on this? one? <laughs> Cause yeah. this isn't a warranty. <laughs> like right. what is this? So they're like, Oh, it'll be a training under a sales accommodation. And I'm like, okay, go out there. Pool didn't have enough water in it. It was like just the, like maybe a half inch over the bottom of the tile line. The baskets were all full. I didn't know that the pump was on because it was running at 18%. One eight, 18%. Yes. What does that even correlate <laughs> into? Like <laughs> five gallons a minute? What is, what is 18%? Maybe 500 pumps, RPMs? Pumps should not even be capable of running at 18%. They should just start at like 40%. Let me see what, there. okay. I deal with, RPMs and percentages. You do gallons per minute. Uh, let's see here. Let's just do RPMs. So according to the calculator, we're going to do 3450. Um, and this is a 2.7 horsepower pump. Mm -hmm. We're going to do time 0. 0.15. 517.5 RPMs. Hmm. What's uh, that yeah. going to do? Yeah, I don't. That's, that's not going to do anything. No, it's kind of, kind of. Is that even enough water to go through the filter? How so? How long was it running at eighteen percent every day? Four hours. Four hours a day. Okay. Yeah, you, you'd be better off just turning it off. Right. Yeah, just. And the main the reason I went out, I I was even asked to go out there was at I guess one point recently there was algae all over the walls, and. It just was horrible. So, yeah, so it's running. They had it running like six, seven hours at 100 uh percent, -huh. which I never run a pool at 100 percent. Like, that just seems. What kind of filter does it have? A 325 square foot. Okay. Cart a cartridge, obviously. Cartridge, so yeah. a 2.7 horsepower would have the ability. That pump is probably at full speed gonna move 100 gallons a minute yeah maybe even a little bit more and it has um, two inch plumbing 
which depending on how much two inch plumbing that could become restrictive if you're trying not to run a lot. gallons a minute through it yeah this is this is an older pool that used to have a single speed uh or a single speed pump and a single cartridge filter there okay. is only one return line and one cleaner line oh Sk- so how about skimmers and drains one skimmer one drain one skimmer one drain one return and one cleaner line. Is the cleaner line a uh, basically a full size return pipe, or is it a like a In, inch and a half? Yeah, so that pump should never be running a hundred percent on that. The velocity alone on the on the suction side, I would almost guarantee you, is more than than it should be in terms mm-hmm. of you know ANSI seven BGP. Well, and, and then they have a Polaris three sixty on it. So when I got there. I turned the pump on and I will say I put it to a hundred percent because it has that stupid, I'm sorry. I don't like three sixties. I'm a booster pump lover and a robotic. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, it just needs, it needs a lot of water to get that. Do they still work. make, they still make three sixties. Yeah, know? they do. Are they really? Wow. Okay. So, um, the valve was made where you were having probably 10% go to the pool returns and you had the rest going to the cleaner line. And 100% was what it would run at majority of the day for six to seven hours. So, okay, let's just put it there to start. It was doing cavitation. The the gauge was bouncing all all over the place. You can hear it just, it wasn't doing it. It just was, it was so much back pressure. Pool cleaner's not even moving. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, the filter's dirty. I, I can tell you that right off the bat, especially when I when it's not bouncing. It's at like 30 PSI. It should, shouldn't be there. So turn everything off. Take it apart. Yep. Cartridges are dirty. Clean them. Put them back in. Now it, I was able to even I had it at 100 percent before I was dialing everything in. But at 100 percent now that the filters were cleaned, pressure went down 10 percent or 10 PSI to where it needed it needed to at the hundred percent and I was able to now open the valve 50, 50. Okay. So, and the cleaner still wasn't working. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Well, and so I was like, okay, go over and I, and I had adjusted the valve. Maybe, you know, need more water still didn't change anything. So I, I was like, Oh, the finger screen. Cause that's the one reason I don't like those cleaners is because the finger screen gets clogged really easily and really quickly. When I had a route and I had three sixties, I couldn't convert, convince them to convert. I would on my weekly service clean that finger screen out because even if it's coming after the filter, you still get stuff that comes out. That thing was packed. There was no room for any more crap to go into it. Kelly and Dan will be right back after these messages. 
Have you heard there is a group of pool service professionals nationwide that are here to help grow and protect your business? The Independent Pool and Spa Service Association, known as IPSA, is here to help you. By joining the largest trade organization created by and for pool and spa service techs, you gain access to industry networking opportunities, exclusive educational offerings, IPSA's Tech for Tech route coverage, and more. So be independent, supported, and part of a professional community. Go to IPSSA.com to learn how to be a member of IPSA today. So clean it out. Obviously, I'm taking pictures galore because I have to send a report to the builder because this is the builder's daughter's house. Like this is what's going on. Okay, so now I got the equipment working. Everything's dialed in. I changed the schedule to be what it should be, not what this guy had changed it to because when they installed the equipment, everything was working. So I fixed the schedule. This guy somehow also deleted where... um, because they do have a water feature that they control with an actuator. Okay. And somehow he got rid of the program where when you push the uh, waterfall icon, the valve turns and the pump should go up and speed to where you okay. want it. So I had to fix that. So, okay. So now emptied baskets, equipment's working. need to test the water. First, I did the phosphate test. I didn't even need to, you know, shake the thing. Went straight to that deep blue where it's like unbelievably high. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense because they have these horrible pine trees everywhere. Um, Then I test the water and I couldn't finish. Okay. I don't have a spin lab. I'm sorry if I'm not fancy. It's (laughs) out of my budget. Okay. I have kids and I'm a single parent living in California. Okay. It's expensive. I pay as much in, in child costs as I do rent. Sure. Um, did pH first, went straight to purple. And I mean purple. So then I'm like, oh, great. Chlorine level's super high. Yep. Super high. So I'm assuming what? Because it goes to purple, what, 15 to 20 parts per million? It can, yeah, but. We usually see it even higher than that, but yeah. So, so they're, but with the, the high phosphates, they got to have the chlorine that high. So, you know, that's probably why it's there. So there, just keep so there is a tab, in. there is a tab feeder built in, an inline one. Mm-hmm. It is a CMP variable speed one. But yeah. hey, when you're running that thing six to seven hours at 100% and 18%, you know, for another three to four hours, yeah, obviously you're going to go through freaking tabs like it's nothing. Right. Which to me explains why there would be a high marine level. Sure. Sure. You know, we, um, so you were saying this was an existing pool and now it's yep. got this 2.7 horsepower variable speed pump that was Which added. Which is probably to overkill. It. It's it's definitely overkill, and and to that point, our uh, yeah, it, you know, I'm part of the PHTA and the Midwest chapter of PHTA. We've got a dinner meeting coming up uh, in a few weeks in September, and we have actually Ken Gregory from Pantera coming in. Now, Ken has oh. been on, uh, he's been around for for quite a while, and has been part of uh, a lot of the various committees and so forth that help do the standards writing. And part of the reason that we wanted him to come in and speak during this dinner meeting is 
he was part of the committee that um, put together the ANSI 7 standards relative to uh, pumps and velocities and flows and uh, how that correlates to VGB and all this other kind of stuff. What a lot of people don't know is I would all but guarantee that that 2.7 horsepower pump is causing the system to exceed the standards that would make it safe relative to VGB law. So, it, you know, in other words, the drain grate, hopefully grates that are in that pool are rated for so many gallons per minute that that pump is exceeding that. And especially if it's running at 100%. Yeah. And especially if it's an older pool and, you know, does it even have dual drains or is it just a single drain down there? Odds are pretty high. It's probably a single drain. It is a drain. single, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the grates, you know, even if it is a newer grate, um, a single grate and that kind of flow is is really creating a potential liability for, uh, you know, certainly whoever put it in, but but mostly for the family and whoever else may be swimming in there that could end up being harmed by it. So we, we invited Ken Gregory to come in and, and talk to all those in our chapter that are able to go to this dinner meeting to uh, sort of educate and also stress the importance of paying attention to what the hell you're doing out there. Just because yeah. you have a 2.7 horsepower pump doesn't mean you should use a 2.7 horsepower pump. And I could easily argue in that particular setup that you've got, you may find that a one horsepower pump is capable of pumping the same kind of water that the 2.7 is. So if it was me personally, I would have put probably a max flow 500 on it. Um, I find on the older pools that works really well and it's more than enough power. It's a one point, I want to say it's a 1.85, but it's a medium head pump. Yeah. Um, sure. Now, if you couldn't get one, a 900 probably would suffice because that's a high head 1.85 horsepower pump too. Yeah. So. Because people are idiots. Usually when I install pumps that are bigger than they need to be because of supply issues or whatever, um, when I'm doing the programming, I'm able to max what those speeds can be. Right. And right. I that way, when, unless you know how to get into the back off, we'll call it the back office programming, yeah. you can never exceed what I will not allow you to go over. I I really wish every pump variable speed pump manufacturer would have the ability of the pump being programmed and locked that nobody other than the original installer or someone that they would give the code to has the ability of changing that programming. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many pools we've, we've run into where, you know, even pools that we've built where we, program the pumps to to function at certain speeds or flows only to find when things aren't working right two years later it's because the homeowner starts screwing with it and and you know however it, turning the flow down because they think it's going to save them more money but then yeah. the the salt system doesn't have enough flow to actually activate the flow switch or or the heater doesn't fire or the filters are only filtering the bottom 
third of each filter because there's just not enough flow and pressure to be able to utilize the full height of the filters. Um, all these stupid things. I, I, with all the regulations that we all have to deal with, I, I wish the pump manufacturers would have regulations given to them saying that every pump has to be able to have a code that locks them out that prevents anyone from changing it just to to make sure that that 2.7 horsepower isn't running at 100 percent when it shouldn't be yep kind of crazy but you know we this year we started putting flow meters on every pump that we install um every system where we're installing a pump just to be able to verify and and i'll say you know you know as as much you're as you're a hayward girl i'm a pentair guy so yeah um with that pentair's variable flow in teleflow uh not the brand new one not the i3 but the predecessor the vsf we found that uh the flow reading that the pump believes it's operating on is often what i consider to be a reasonably large difference from reality you know we put a flow meter on it and we program the pump for 60 gallons a minute and find out that it's operating at 70 gallons a minute or or maybe even 72 gallons a minute and you know in, in some cases if you're putting that that onto a system that 60 is really the max that you should be op, you know say a 24 inch sand filter 60 gallons a minute is the most water you should be putting through that filter and i would argue 45 technically is is by today's standards what it should be but it'll take 60. um well now you you program a pump thinking it's at 60 but it's doing 72 and walk away from it you're gonna end up having problems with that filter sooner than later as a result of that so i'm glad that we started this year early on putting the flow meters in because it gives us the ability of, of really dialing in and then we went a step further the flow meters they're made by blue white for residential purpose they make okay. them inch and a half and two inch rudy's got one he put it on his system um they've got a really cool color coding showing you know red yellow green right everyone I think knows I know what that which means. ones you're talking about yeah yeah, they're relatively inexpensive, really, as things go. You know, for as much as you get for some of these higher-end variable speed pumps, these flow meters cost us uh, 40 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, somewhere in there. So I'm more expensive for my pumps because if I keep the price no matter what, but if they need like a new whip or if they need a new breaker because they don't have a GFI breaker, mm -hmm. I include it in the price. Yeah. No, we we uh, I'll tell you on on Inteliflow the new i3s people are are going to be like what are you serious but we're I think somewhere in the neighborhood of like thirty seven thirty eight hundred bucks okay for an i3 um, the uh, the VSF before we depleted all of the the stock of those this year they were going for thirty three or thirty four hundred installed that does include the flow meter we put in but that's not a big deal um other things that we do we verify that we've got proper amount of straight pipe going into the suction of the pump right five times the pipe diameter of straight pipe with no fittings in there and and you know the yeah if the electric if the whip needs to be redone that's part of it we're making sure the bonding is extended yep. if it needs to be extended all of the things that you should be doing pretty much everything that is it. your liability after you leave right. because you were the last one there yeah 
Right. And and we get people that, you know, oh, well, I can get a variable speed pump put in by, you know, XYZ pools for $2,000 in my market where we're, we're $1,000 more or whatever. And I can't tell you how many times within a year or two we're out there and that pump is dead. And the pump is dead because it wasn't installed properly, because it wasn't programmed properly, and it ran itself to death. And uh, I had stickers made up. So even though the flow meters have these cool color bands on them, we have min-max stickers. And every pool, the guys calculate what the minimum flow should be and what the maximum flow can be and put stickers so that the, the float in the flow meter should always be between the two stickers. So it becomes an even easier visual for the homeowner. And we actually, for the first time within the last week, had a homeowner that reached out to us and said, hey, the minimum, the 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 flow meter is reading below minimum. What's my problem? What's going on here? And it was just a matter Filters of a dirty. Dirty. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Just a matter of a dirty filter. But he's one of these customers that said, you know, and truly a flow meter is the best way to know if a filter is dirty. You, pressure gauges are great. But flow meters are truly the best. You're actually convincing we, me that I need to start putting flow meters on. I I would seriously consider it because it's it's like I said. Do that now, and you, then take a picture so you absolutely. know you, yep. you had it where it needs to be. Yeah. Our guys, we program the pumps to run 20 hours a day at what I'll say is a low speed. And that low speed is going to provide 12-hour turnover in terms mm-hmm. of GPM. Okay, I'll then, admit, I don't do it that long. Uh, mine are 12-hour turnovers. Right. We Well, we do 12-hour turnovers, but run it at that speed or flow for 20 hours. And well, then we okay. run it four yeah, hours so at a higher 12. speed. I only do it 12 because we live in California, and we like to have our stuff turned off during peak time. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. There are areas, actually, where that's even mandated in some parts of the country. That pumps can't run, you know, at night when everyone's home and the demand is so high. But um, at any rate, we, we, we run 20 hours at the low speed and then four hours at a higher speed, which is usually the highest speed the system can handle. Okay. So whatever your limiting factor may be, it might be a salt cell that can only handle 90 gallons a minute. But, the you know, you get a cartridge filter that'll handle more than that, a heater that'll handle 125. So, you know, the, the 90 might be our max flow. And and that's in the pump runs. So it runs 24-7, but 20 hours at a energy-saving speed to give us that 12-hour turnover. And then four hours uh, outside of the 20 at the high speed to boost skimming and things like that. We try to coordinate that with if a uh, automatic pool cleaner exists with that pool cleaner running the same time so that as it's stirring stuff up the pump has got more water movement in the pool and so forth so yes, but anyway it's it's uh one of those things that that we try to do to ensure that we're not exceeding the you know codes the ANSI 7 standards the uh, VGB requirements, all that kind of stuff. Hey, everyone. This is Andrea. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Pools podcast. Make sure you stay tuned. This is actually going to be a two-part episode. Tune back in next week to hear the conclusion. Thank you.
just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 